Hello, and welcome back to the Life Learners Podcast. Today, we've got a couple topics to go over. We've got some new watch releases, as well as a little bit of auction news. I know the um, May auction season is coming up pretty soon here, and um, I think uh, I think the watch world is kind of excited to see what the what what the auction world has to bring. So, um, so I, there were some some a few teasers that went out, uh, and I and I'm very excited to. Uh, to jump into them with you, I'll leave links in the show notes, obviously, to everything that we discussed in this po- in this podcast. But um, there's uh, some monumental stuff that's probably going to be happening this summer um, for the auction. So I wanted to cover that as well. I'll start off with uh, a new watch release, which was uh, released by H Moser. Uh, if you don't know H Moser, I really <laughs> encourage you to do some research on them because they are a absolutely phenomenal Swiss brand. They released the um, H. Moser Streamliner Perpetual Calendar. It is a, a perpetual calendar concept, which um, is uh, takes a whole different view of what a perpetual calendar can look like. And uh, I've, I've said this a couple times, but I do think brands who are experimenting with different ways of displaying time, H. Moser being one of them, uh, MBNF being another one, are, are brands that really excite me. So what they did was essentially they created this perpetual calendar concept with no indices of any kind. So <clears throat> it doesn't have, um, it has uh, uh, no logos, no indices, um, and has that streamliner look to it. So the date is, of, it, it has um, a date at three o'clock. It has your typical, you know, hours, minutes, seconds, hands, and it has a date at three o'clock. Um, the leap year indicator is actually on the back of the watch. The power reserve, which is 160 hours, 68 hours, is indicated at 10 o'clock on the dial with one hand. The months are shown with a small center hand in red and white. That points to the number of months you're in. Um, and all of this in an incredible streamliner case in stainless steel that's 42 millimeters in diameter. Um, it's only available for the next 12 months, which is quite interesting. Um, and it has a really incredible smoked salmon dial that is obviously in uh, high demand. I remember when the Streamliner came out, and I actually remember discussing how I thought it was one of the coolest watches to come out at that time. And I think what H. Moser has obviously done is created a lot of fans around this this watch, the case design, and, and the sort of the general aesthetics of this piece, as well as the bracelet. Um, and I think they've really had the opportunity to sort of grow what the streamliner can be for for many of these um for for many collectors and i think this is a a great example of of exactly that a perpetual calendar that isn't your traditional way of describing a perpetual calendar Uh, i'll please check out the article in the in the show notes because taking a look at how this piece looks is so incredible Um, it also is such a unique uh way of uh sort of uh, you know understanding time which um you know, it, it, it pushes the boundaries, which is something I really like. Next up, there was, is a new edition of uh, the Legacy Machine Perpetual Evo. Um, they announced um, this they, they announced this, this last week. Um, if you don't know, the Ellen Perpetual is the brainchild of um, Stephen McDonald from Belfast. Stephen essentially reinvented the well-known perpetual calendar complication, getting rid of its inherent flaws and offering a much more reliable and user-friendly solution. And what was really cool is his remarkable innovations were actually recognized by the GPHG 
which uh, awarded him the uh, awarded the watch the best calendar watch prize in 2016. The watch was released obviously in the classic version of the Ellen Perpetuals and then was released in the Evo editions in 2020. The Evo ver- Evo versions of this watch were um, conceived to follow the collectors with their sort of busy and diverse lifestyles with a flex ring shock absorber, 80 meters of water resistance, a screw down crown, rubber strap, super lubanova, and um, more uh, high resistance materials were used. And they've, they, there were three launches, three, la- three launch editions in zirconium with dial plates in orange, dark blue, and black. And um, then they introduced a grade five titanium case with a green dial plate in 22-1. This time they've come out, um, or th- th- this during this release, they ended up retiring that titanium and green combination for this watch and replaced it with the with a titanium and light blue dial plate. Um, this is just a dial difference, but I do know that you know blue dials are obviously something that are extremely um, loved by collectors. This light blue is almost like an icy blue color, um, and I think it looks really, really great on the watch. Um, so a nice release from, from, from MBNF and probably is speaking to collectors who are interested in seeing uh, pieces that are um, you know a little bit different or I guess different variations of the pieces that they really love. It's really interesting because, you know, when I compare the sort of the, the, the classic version of the LM Perpetual and the LM Perpetual Evo, it's really almost like a no-brainer that the Evo is probably maybe more desired, but that could be could be incorrect an incorrect statement. Um, I have criticized brands in the past for coming out with just different dial colors um, because um, it's kind of just... It, there's not a lot of innovation going on there. Um, however, this watch is still fairly new. MBNF is a smaller company. Uh, they're not making you know billions and billions of these or billions is an exaggeration. They're not making thousands and thousands of these watches every year. So even though it is a a um, a uh, a new color that they're coming out with, um, you know, the, the amount that they're going to produce of these is going to be very, very small compared to other brands. So I like the I like the direction, but maybe something else is going to come out. And I, I think I remember actually on an interview of with Max, I think I heard him say that something is going to be released in April or maybe it was on the 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 um, Mad editions in April. Nevertheless, I'm sure that there's something going to come out of uh, my favorite watch brand MBNF. So uh, I guess we will just stay tuned for that to happen. One of the things I do find very interesting, though, is this retiring of a case dial combination. Now, I heard in an interview that Max gave where he discussed the LM101 and how it was discontinued, and I remember, and he said that it was actually one of the, um, well, I don't think he described it as the worst, but it was a, a bad decision for the brand because there was so still so much demand for the 101s. Um, I'm curious to know if you know something's going to happen with this titanium green combination, um, being that it's retired now. If that's going to be you know the right decision, or perhaps just um, uh, uh, something that will make those those specific models increase in value, we'll have to see. Um, but always fun to 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 see another um, another release. All right, so as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the auction world because there is some interesting news that came out. Um, I saw it first on Instagram, 
But if you don't know, Monaco Legend Legend uh, Auctions is a is an auction house that's based in Monaco, and um, it uh, has some of the most world renowned pieces being sold there. Last year, they sold some incredible pieces. I covered it pretty heavily on the podcast, as well as on um, on our Instagram. And uh, so they host they host these um, these auctions, and most of the time they have exceptionally high quality pieces that are extraordinarily rare for, for the most part, but they also range in different price ranges, which I think is really great because you, you know, they, they're basically saying, you know, there's ability to collect incredible pieces at different prices and you don't have to, you know, spend a fortune. Anyway, um, they, they do sell some of the most um, exceptionally rare pieces in the world. And um, I think the way that they have influenced the, the um, watch auction community has been extremely positive. Um, and uh, they announced um, one of the pieces that is going to be part of their exclusive timepieces watch auction taking place on the 20th and 21st of April um, in uh, Monaco, and that is a reference 4113 split-second chronograph. Now, um, this is not any 4113, so let me, let me just... Um, maybe I should back up really quickly. The 4113 is an exceptionally rare reference from 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 rolex it's known that there are only 12 um 12 pieces of of this reference that were produced and so this makes it probably one of the most rare um <clears throat> one of the most rare chronographs that rolex um has uh on the market um you know up there with sort of uh, one of one uh, Daytonas that have been produced. But what makes this even more exciting is that this isn't any 4113. This is a the reference 4113 that is, um, that is uh, I guess, was owned by none other than John Goldberger or Ara Montanari, who is um, an incredible influence on uh, the watch community. So he obviously has one of the most um, well-known Talking Watches episodes where he really, I think, struck a chord with many collectors on um, the pieces that he collected. And he showcased this incredible 4113 during his first Talking Watches episode. What's really infamous about that episode is he actually ended up, they were at this, um, during that episode, him and Ben Clymer were at this cafe and he ended up taking this knife, popping the case back off of this reference 4113 and showing the movement in this video which is such an incredible thing to do. Just, you know, take a, a, a charcuterie knife and popping off the case back of one of the most rare watches in the entire world. So this watch is going to be coming up for auction at this exclusive, exclusive timepieces um, auction. What's really interesting is last year, he actually auctioned off, I think, a reference 570. Um, or fi or, yeah, I think it was a 570 um, from his collection. Um, that was was also very very rare, and I think it fetched a really great great amount. I think it was a five seventy. I might be incorrect there, um, but uh, regardless, I, he, um, he it seems like some of his pieces are coming up for auction now. Um, that are uh, um, that are you know to many uh, a very sort of uh, it's a staple of the John Goldberger collection, but. Um, so hey, I think your tastes change. Maybe there's times where you want to go and see, you want to go and experience other watches, and 
Um, I don't see any any reason why this is a bad thing, but you know, uh, I guess it shows the evolution of 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 collections and collecting, and even even those who are uh, um, who we hold in such high regard, like John Goldberger. How has that have that happen? To confirm, I I, I checked back uh, from the twenty first and twenty second October um, auction from last year. It was a reference five thirty with black glossy dial and yellow brigade numbers and leaf hands was the watch that that uh, that sold so um two watches that i think are extremely extremely iconic extremely important pieces that uh, john goldberger's is selling there was also another video that came up on the um on the monaco legend group uh instagram feed that uh, showed this really incredible Rolex reference 8171 that's also going to be sold during that auction, which is uh, an extremely classic looking Padalone that um, that uh, they describe as being uh, one of the best that they have um, they've ever seen. So um, if those two watches are indications of what's to come during that auction, I think we should all wait with bated breath to see what they come out with, with the with the full catalog. I hope you enjoyed these three updates. Not too, not too much going on in the watch world. It's kind of a slower February, but some cool pieces from MBNF, H. Moser, as well as some excitement around the watch auction community. As always, I'll leave links in the show notes to, to the topics that we've discussed in this podcast. I encourage you to uh, check out the watches uh, while we sort of speak through them. Um, and... Uh, and I think it gives you an, a different appreciation for um, for these watches, especially because I can do my best in describing them. But uh, you know, pictures speak. You know, pictures are a much easier way to consume um, what a watch looks like. If you are new to Life on the Wrist, be sure to follow this podcast so you don't miss any of our uh, future episodes. And if this is your first episode that you're listening to, be sure to share this podcast with a friend who might be interested in a watch podcast. If you wouldn't mind rating this podcast, it really does help me out and um, it, it allows me to get some feedback from you on what you want to hear next on the Life on the Wrist podcast. With this said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and until next time.